Welcome to the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show, where we speak with elite individuals and top performers and sing what it takes to stay healthy and get wealthy. Are you ready to be elite? Are you ready to be part of the 1%? Well, then without further ado, let's get it. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show. Today, I have another elite entrepreneur. You've seen him in the past. He's actually the founder of the Billion Dollar Body. Please help me welcome back Mr. Nicholas Barely. Nick, how you doing, man? Chase, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate every single person listening as well. It shows that you're people that educate yourself, which are the people that I like to surround myself with. And that's why I wanted to come back on the show as well. We're in different times right now. And I wanted to be able to shine some light on some things, give some people some opportunity. And also from personal perspective, my family owned businesses for 40 years and up to this point. And throughout that had eight figure businesses. And what was so interesting is they didn't really education wasn't as big like back before 2008 like it wasn't so simple to listen to a podcast and stuff and i remember my dad not really educated on new ways of business online business stuff like that what was so interesting is when 2008 hit we had like a 40-foot motorhome we had 28-foot enclosed trailer we had gas pumps on our property dune buggies golf carts all the stuff and what happened was like we had all this stuff and when the economy started going down and changes started happening, my dad was kind of like, well, let's write it out and see what happens. Well, writing it out wasn't the best decision. There was actually a guy there that was teaching how to grow the same business that my dad was in. And what was so interesting is this guy had a ponytail and my dad never bought from him. Well, we, you would think that if you don't buy from someone right now, that you're saving money. That's what the general population would believe. Well, for my dad, didn't save him money. He invested 150 grand of his own money back into the business and then claimed bankruptcy. And so that was what he invested in. And what was so interesting is a few years later, when I was getting into business, I met this one bald dude that ended up having a company called Genius Network. His name's Joe Polish. There's about 400 people that have that spend 25 grand a year, not including his other companies, marketing and stuff. That's like 10 million. And I was like, man, this guy used to be a carpet cleaner. Like this guy used to be like in the same industry as me. We should connect. So I go home to my dad and I'm like, dad, I met this guy, Joe Polish. He goes, oh, that guy with the ponytail. Like, no, he's bald now because he's probably older. <laughs> my dad's like, oh, this guy used to try to sell programs, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dad, this guy's super successful now. And what's so interesting is right now, there's only one investment that you can make right now and in the past that goes up in every economy, especially down economies. And that's the investment in yourself, and your education, your skill set. Boom. That's the only thing. Like no matter what, you can short the market, sure, and you can make money off a down market. You can invest in the market and you can make money in up market. You can invest in real estate that make cash flow. Yet if you invest a hundred grand or two hundred grand or three hundred grand, five hundred grand in real estate and end up with the debt and everything, you're expecting to max make five hundred bucks a month from the investment. But think about the thousand dollar, five thousand dollar, ten thousand dollar investment in yourself. So many people think like oh, I better like quadruple my money in the first month. You know, it's like, no, dude, like that's the stuff that you can take with you in every economy. And that's what I've been able to do from learning from my dad, learning from the hundreds of thousands of dollars of mentors that I've personally invested in, where even one of my companies, I just shut down. I have a personal podcast studio here. I coach men in health, wealth relationships, and we create a brotherhood. But I also have a podcast studio locally here, video production, post-production studio. So if anyone wants to start a podcast, I'll tell you to do it for free because that's, one of the things we do for free. And I had to shut it down. So I had, to, I had to figure out, do I want to fire my employees? Do I want to decrease their pay? Or do I want to make a pivot? 
And because of what I've learned, because of the knowledge base, the investment made a pivot, we actually grew that company 167% so far this month inside of what's going on right now. Because we made the what? pivot and I started going to all the YouTubers and podcasters and we saw the numbers skyrocket. I said, we're going to make YouTubers. We're going to take all their stuff, make it a podcast. We're going to get podcasters. We're going to get them more distribution. I started taking on all these virtual clients instead of in person. And like, even I just got off a show again, where guys like, you do that? I need help. Like, and it was so interesting just seeing those little pivots. So education right now, that's, that's the best thing you could do. Maybe you didn't do it as much as you wanted to when things were good. And now it's like, man, when things are bad, the typical person would think, let me save my money. No, it costs my dad 150 grand to do that. Instead, invest in people that, that have what you want. It doesn't have to be a lot. It could be a book. I have a traffic secrets book. Russell Brunson just launched it. And I'm helping promote that because people can buy a book for $9.95. That's what it is. Uh, it could be mentor. It could be 10,000 bucks. Just depends. But how are you investing your time right now? I think it's so important. And don't do the same thing that my dad did. It wasn't his fault. Again, like think about how many people did that. Learn from people's mistakes so that you don't make the same mistakes. But anyway, I appreciate you having me here, man. And I'm excited. Obviously yeah. fired up. Absolutely. No, I mean, this is perfect because we, we're, we're jumping right into the material that we all really want to know is like, what do we do? I mean, something like this hasn't really happened since, you know, what was it, 1918 when the Spanish flu kind of went crazy like the coronavirus is going on right now. But that was a completely different world than what we're living in today. And so a lot of people, we don't know what we're supposed to do, especially on a health standpoint, on a wealth standpoint, we're left in the dark. So what uh, are, you know, so you kind of already covered some of those tips on, you know, where we should be allocating our time. And, and, and what's so funny is you say Spanish flu in 1918, the Spanish flu actually started in 1917 and then was really bad in 1918. And that's one thing to remember is we should be, we should really be prepared for different like situations. And I think that's one thing that a lot of us didn't do is we were like planning for one outcome or maybe two, if the economy goes down, we'll see it and we'll make a pivot. But the, the great equalizer right now is that the coronavirus is what influenced all the stuff to start happening. Even though we were in a time where it was time for some type of economic setback or equalizer, or whatever you want to call it, or you know, a recession, just depends. So, uh, and I'm pretty sure the definition of recession is when you have two double-digit decreases in two months, something like that, in a row. So anyway... Um, one of the big things is like make sure that you're prepared for different scenarios. If it's like the Spanish flu, 1917 wasn't as bad as 1918. Well, if that was the same thing, well, we better plan for if this lasts for a long time, what's our game plan? If this blows over the next 14 days, what's our game plan? If things bounce back, what's our game plan? If things get worse, what's the game plan? And what, how do we make decisions? And good companies, big companies, they have that. Hey, if our profits or our money, our revenue gets to here, this is what we do. If, our, if it goes down to here, this is what we do. We have to lay off these people. We have to decrease hours. We have to come up with a new offer. They have ideas for all these different things already, and I think that's a big deal. But I think one of the encouraging things for everyone out there that's listening is that if this was just a down economy, think about it. Ray Dalio lost 20% of his net worth. One of the best investors ever. Never lost money in almost 30 years, I believe, for his clients. Like, with an average of like 25% returns, something crazy. Wow. This guy lost billions of dollars. And what's so interesting is that most people, you think about Vegas is shut down right now. You have things like restaurants and pubs and bars and stuff that have to pivot. Some of them shut down. Some of them are making the pivots. We're trying to help people all across the world do that or all across America, especially. None of them would have expected for a virus to shut everything down. 
And so what I've seen right now is that generally if it's an economic thing, we could still go door to door. We could still go meet people. We could still go have events. We could still do all this stuff. We could still run restaurants. We could still do all of this, but we can't right now. And that became the great equalizer where I believe this is almost like a, a brand new world. It's like a reset. Those who get educated, those who find those little pivots and changes and go online and, and create a product that serves people in this time, they're going to be the ones that absolutely crush it in this and not just the person that was prepared for an economic downturn because they had to be prepared for also the things that are going on right now. No one was. So that means it's all flat line, like all reset. Now, how can we make the pivots, make the decisions, project out in the future and make sure that we're prepared for different scenarios because no one knows exactly what's going to happen, but we can pl plan for different scenarios. And obviously right now, like let's say restaurants, people are like, oh, well, what if restaurants can still have drive through or takeout? What about high-end restaurants? And what about all these restaurants that are uh, maybe don't have drive throughs and they have curbside pickup and they don't have delivery? Like, well, people that normally serve weigh the tables, weigh the tables should be out there delivering the food. It allows them to keep the employee and still be able to get tips through a different way. It's easy to get on Grubhub and things like that right now. The second thing is like, okay, well, how do you not have a full menu? Well, you shouldn't have a full menu. You should have specials, something that you can create a mass amount of, and that way it's easier to get it done and you're not creating things on the order. So I saw an awesome restaurant here in LA, high-end. They decided to go from high-end steakhouse to they make these like gourmet, awesome chicken sandwiches, pork sandwiches, like mass amounts of them specials every day. People can order them and then they like are done. So they can make tons of them. They're like 14, 15 bucks and way more economical and makes sense for takeout. And they've adapted to what's going on while other people have closed doors, fired people. I see, you know, think about Vegas. It's a lot of people. So there's, you think about what are your options right now? You can either fire people, decrease pay or rise up and do something different. Or maybe you had a job before or a business that really isn't working right now. Can you pivot that business and do something different? And one of the ways you do that is by accepting your reality of what's going on right now quickly, figuring out what can I do going forward from this. And I'm happy to do this. I, have, I had two events two weeks ago, I believe, that I had to cancel or postpone. I had an event I was speaking at that was 200 people that probably would have made me at least a couple hundred grand or 100 grand or more. I have an event in June that I'm having to probably push back. Right now, we haven't yet announced it, but probably push it back. That probably would make me around four to 600 grand. And so those are all like real things and enough to complain about for sure. But what is complaining going to do for me? What is it going to do for you? What is it going to do for the employees? What's it going to do for the economy? What's going to like, it's all the same. We're all in the same boat. So think about what can I do? So many people are focused on what I can't do. Can't work out. Can't go to the gym. I can't spend time with my friends. I can't go network. I can't go build this business. I can't do this. Like, no, what can you do? So like, like one of my friends, Greg O'Gallagher, he owns a coaching program for people to work out. He's just about to launch this like epic gym program. Within a day, he was like, what can I do? He launched the most epic body weight program. And because everyone doesn't have a gym membership and they need to do at-home workouts, most successful launch he said he's ever done like over a thousand, maybe 2000 people. I don't remember that bought this program, like insane. And he made the pivot right away. And so, but you can do at home workouts. Like you should be doing at home workouts. Hello. You can go outside. You can walk just like, you just don't do it around people and you don't get around people that, uh, that you don't know and stuff like that. So there's pivots you can make there. You can sell online. You can build an audience. 
like there's things that you can do in your business that you normally couldn't do that you could start doing now. Like I have a client that's a dog trainer. We took him from $10,000 a month to over 70K a month. He bought this huge facility, absolutely crushing it. But they visit and do homes. Like um, they go to homes and they train dogs at the home. So it's a common environment. Can't do any of that right now. So he can be like, man, can't wait for this to open up again. No, he's been creating courses, online education, content, focusing on how do I either generate income different ways or how can I right now get all the attention on me through serving so that when things do open up again, everything, all, everyone's looking at me while everyone else is not doing it. Even with paid ads, we, we actually increased our spending right now on paid ads because we're seeing there's the biggest jump in internet history of people being on the internet ever happened. 30% increased people on the internet. Also, less all these companies that can't be open right now are scared that are thinking like the 97% of people, which by the way, 97% of people are either dead or dead broke by the age of 65, relying on friends, family, and government for their main source of income. You can rewind that 10 seconds, listen to it again. And that's what 97% of people are doing right now. If you fall to 97%, you're not going to end up in a good place. So with that, less people are advertising. We've seen our ad costs go down massively. So while most people are like, man, I should probably stop spending. No, what you should do is stop spending on things that don't make you money. Invest in the things that do make you money if you can. And first take care of yourself and stuff like that. But one of the ways to look at that as an individual, because it's like we have young people listening for the most part here. If you're paying for Netflix, Disney Plus, all these subscriptions, YouTube, Red, gym membership, all these things, which the gym should have froze your membership, but if they haven't, if let's say you run a business at a 10% profit margin or 25% will just make you seem baller, 25%, and you generate $1,000 in sales, that means that you made 250 bucks. Now, if you want to make the same amount of money a different way, decrease dumb expenses like having two car payments or a super expensive car that doesn't make you money, get rid of it, get one that's half. And if you decrease your expenses by 250 bucks, that's the equivalent of generating $1,000 in revenue because 25% profit margin. To make 250 bucks, you have to sell 1,000 bucks. Or you can decrease your expenses by 250 bucks from stuff that doesn't make you money, deployed into something that does make you money. What does that look like for a you know, $7 membership or a $15 membership? Well, what's 15 times four? Now you're not canceling a $15 subscription. You are literally doing the equivalent of generating, what is that? 15, 30, 45, 60. You just generated $60 a month of revenue, reoccurring. Like same thing. So that's one way to look at things. And then invest in the things that do make money. Like go buy Russell's book. Go buy my book. Go invest in yourself with someone that you can learn from instead of going out there and just investing in YouTube Red and freaking Netflix. And, and again, if you can do it, do it. I'm not saying you have to stop doing things that you love. But I just had a client the other day. He's like about to buy a, a Razor, a Can-Am. It's like a mini tomb buggy, 30 grand, plus maintenance, plus gas, all that stuff. And he looked at me and said, Nicholas, like when all this happened, I was just about to pull the trigger. But I thought, what if I paid Nicholas $15,000 a year for the next two years? I can get on calls with him. I can't get on calls with the Can-Am and the off-road vehicle. So he took money that he was going to invest somewhere else. He invested with me because it makes him money rather than things that just cost him money. And 
think about the difference of what that's going to do for his life. So those are some of the mindsets that I would have right now, especially when it comes to payments. If you have a huge house or you're over leveraged too, like who cares? Like now's the time to be able to invest in things that do make you money. And some of the first things, like I'm not giving it financial advice, but yourself and your own business are great ways to start because you would never invest a thousand dollars in the stock market and expect it to make you $10,000, but you could invest a thousand dollars into yourself or a thousand dollars in your own business and expect that return. More people are investing in other people's businesses because they believe in other people's businesses more than their own. Like if you can't invest in your own business, man, that means that you believe in that other business more than you believe in your own business. Maybe switch it up. So I know it's a long thing, but um, how else can I serve, man? Like, you know, your audience so well, what are some ways, some things that we could jump into that may be valuable for them? For sure. So one of the big pivot points that you've mentioned a lot throughout this uh, entire episode so far is that pivot to online because the internet usage has spiked 30%. A lot more people are, I I would hope, starting to realize that they need to build their business and uh, online portfolio in some way, shape or form. But let's say they don't have any sort of presence right now. How do they build that online presence to where they can actually be able to pivot their business to online and actually still be able to profit from the times that we're going through right now? So I would definitely grab Russell's traffic secrets. And the reason why is because there's two real ways. You either work your way in or buy your way in. And he gives you tons of options, right? Buying your way in would be like Google advertising, YouTube advertising, Facebook advertising, uh, all the way to yellow page advertising, right? Not that I would recommend it, but that's still buying your way in. You're paying to get in front of people and that's fine. Then you have work your way in which is things like building your own social following, collaborating with people, doing an online summit, creating a podcast, creating a YouTube channel, um, going out there and teaching other people, like what I'm doing right now. This is working my way in, not buying my way in. You guys are listening. You're not my audience. The goal is that you become my audience and I have more eyeballs on what I'm doing because what we do is really good. And so you think of ways you could do that. And one of the ways you could do that right now is there's five core functions to make money in every business. And every business has this. And if it's missing something, it'll totally flop. Lead generation, number one. How do you generate a lead? And that is the first step is what you're talking about, more eyeballs. So you may think post on Facebook, post on Instagram, run an Instagram ad, run a Facebook ad, post a YouTube video, go speak somewhere, get on someone else's podcast. Like These are all ways to generate a lead. After you generate a lead, the second phase is how do you nurture a lead? Like after they know about you, how are you continuing to warm them up as a contact? That might be through an email list, mini chat list, text message, phone call, direct mail, lots of different ways to do that. Retargeting ads, right? These are pay, work your way in, pay your way in. Then you have conversion. How do you sell them on the phone, in person? Probably not going to work right now. Door knocking, not going to work right now, which door knocking would be more of a lead gen and the, the nurture would be the talk and the conversion would be the sale. And so- like you have these three areas, right? That's the first three. The, the last three is the deliverable. What's your deliverable right now? What's the way that you deliver your product and service? If it's in person, that's going to need to change. And then the last one is ascension. How do you get them to stay, keep paying, pay more, pay over and over again? How do you get your customers to continue to pay, pay more, refer people, all that kind of stuff? So those are the main things that you want to look at. And you want to look at how am I doing them right now? So what are the things you're doing to generate a lead, get in front of people? What are the ways that you can do that? That's why Traffic Secrets helps is because, and maybe we could throw a link out for them, is like it gives you inspirational ideas of how you could do it. 
because sometimes some of them you might not notice right now. You don't even know that's a possibility. And then uh, what are the things that you want to focus on for the next 30 days? And maybe cross out a few of them that you don't want to do. Focus on the ones that you do want to do because generally what you focus on is what's going to do better. So if you want to grow your Instagram and you want to work your way in, like you should create really good posts. You should use really strategic hashtags. You should tag really strategic people. You should engage with really strategic people's stuff. Like you should do collaborations and Instagram lives with strategic people to collaborate. You should do tons of things, right? Work your way in. But if you're, if you're trying to do everything, you're not going to be able to do everything really well. And so when you figure that out, you're like, for 30 days, this is what I'm going to focus on. So maybe it's build your Facebook group. I'm going to try to get all the people in the world that have ever seen any of my stuff that I know text message everything to join my Facebook group because a Facebook group would be a great nurture. So you're like, okay, my goal is to go from zero to 300 people or zero to 500 people in this Facebook group in 30 days. So every single day you're like, okay, I need to get what's 500 divided by 30 or an easier one would be 300 divided by 30, 10 people a day. That's it for 30 days. So your goal every day, I need 10 people a day. What are the ways that I can get 10 people a day into this Facebook group where I'll nurture them there? How do I nurture them? Make three posts a day. Well, how do I do that? Well, you make three posts a day. You freaking one in the morning, one for lunch, one for dinner. There you go. And so it's like you, you have that focus and you track it every single day. And that goal, and that's what I would look at right now is like I'd fill in those blanks and figure out how can I make this work right now? The dog trainer, well, he's doing dog sitting, right? Because people like need their dogs trained by him or maybe they're first responders or doctors or nurses. He can take care of them. He's doing online stuff. He's doing board and trains where they just drop their dog off. No one wants a bad dog when their whole family's home. So that's a way to do it. For restaurants, they're like, okay, they need to be able to order online, pick up curbside, pick up or delivery. We can't do the normal deliverable, which is eat inside the restaurant. So how do they generate the lead? How do they get more eyeballs? One of the biggest things you could do right now is serve contextually. There's a lot of people right now that are influencers that are saying nothing about virus, economy, nothing, doing the same old posts, totally incongruent. Serve people where they're at. Like for me, I did 15 workouts you could do from home. I did it right away. Hundreds of people wanted them. If I ran an ad, it would be really cheap right now because it's contextual based on what's going on right now, solving a problem right now. And if I can get those eyeballs on me from serving people for free, then all their, like all those people, I'm going to get all the attention. There's a good example of this with that Bubba Gump shrimp. I just watched the, um, I just watched Forrest Gump. And so Forrest Gump had a friend in the, in the army or I forget what he's necessarily in, but they went to Vietnam, Vietnam, and they went to Vietnam and his friend Bubba died. But his friend Bubba had this goal this dream of being a shrimp boat captain and Forrest was going to be his co-captain they're going to split everything 50 50 so even though that guy died he's like i'm going to be a shrimp boat captain that's what Forrest was going to do to fulfill on the promise that he had so finally after he got like uh, enough money to buy a, a shrimp boat he went out invested all of his money into it bought a crappy shrimp boat overpaid for it and went out shrimp boating wasn't catching anything Lieutenant Dan, who lost his legs in the war, came and was like, you know what? I told you that I'd be your co-captain. If you ever actually bought a boat, I'm here. They went out, caught nothing. Well, one day there was a super bad storm. So all the smart people, quote unquote, stayed in the harbor and didn't go out shrimping. And even to this day, like it's common that if you want to make a lot of money fishing, you have to be able to go out there on the worst days because that's when there's the least competition. 
but it's risky. You could flip a boat, stuff like that. So it's the worst storm ever. They come back in, everyone's ships are destroyed because they weren't out during the storm. Right now we're in an economic, a storm, uh, stuff going on all over the world. The people that are out serving people in the storm are the ones that are going to make it. All those boats were destroyed. They ended up being the only shrimp boat left. So they got all the attention and all the shrimps went to them. They created a multi-billion dollar company, which made them never have to worry about money ever again. They invested their money in Apple, which he called a fruit company at the time. He's like, we invested in some fruit company and I never had to worry about money ever again. One less thing. It's like, but what was the principle? They went out there. They couldn't catch any fish. They couldn't get any attention. There was too much competition. They went out there and continued to serve and fish and do their stuff through the storm while everyone else got destroyed because they weren't out there fishing. They were the only one left. They got all the shrimp. They became the influencer and the category king and the billionaire company in that area. People have the opportunity to do the same. Serve people contextually, be out during the storm, watch other people fade away. Your price will go down. Competition will go down. Customers will go to you. Just serve them contextually right now based on your company. Boom. Huge value bomb there. I did not even catch that, that lesson from Forrest Gump. Wow, that's, that was powerful. And Russell Brunson shared that story. And then I went out and watched the movie and was like, okay, I need to figure out like, what, it, what does this really look like? And I saw those little subtleties of like, man, like that was so cool how they did that. They weathered the storm. And it made him financially free. It allowed him to do whatever he wants for the rest of his life. And he wasn't smart. He just continued to do the things. Right. Boom. That's all it takes, guys. Uh, we're going through some crazy times, but keep pushing through. Be that guiding light. Be that last boat out on the water. So then you get all the shrimp. Nicholas Bayerly, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, how can we help you through these trying times that we're going through? Well, I think... You're helping everyone by stimulating the economy, investing in yourself, building your business, hiring people, like, you know, doing stuff. And so with that, the best way is like Nicholas Bailey on Instagram is me, Nicholas Bailey on Facebook's me. Send me a message, like, let me know what you're working on. What's your business? How can we help? Because I know that you making more money, you getting other people to spend money and you building a company is going to stimulate the economy. It's going to help my company regardless. So we're looking to do this with so many different people. If we can help outside of that, awesome. Uh, or if you want to bring me on a podcast, something like that, but it starts with the first connection. Let's have that first connection. Let's connect, see how I can help you because you being helped and crushing it helps me. And um, I think that's the best step, man. I really appreciate you bringing me on. Absolutely. We needed, we needed the wisdom today. We needed it. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And everybody, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show. Until next time, stay healthy, get wealthy. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show. My name is Chase Henderfit. I am your host. And if you have any questions at all, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Chase underscore Henderfit. And I have one favor to ask. Please just share this episode with one person. You never know who it could help impact. And if you share it on your Instagram story, I'll repost it on mine. So until next time, stay healthy, get wealthy.